Welcome back to the Three Prestige. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm. What are the names of the Three Stooges? Larry, Curly, and Mo. Do they? Are they like? Are they individual Stooges? Or are they just the Stooges? The Three Stooges. Obvious. What? Obviously. What if there were two Curlies? <laughs> And then Mo had to kill one of them. And that's it, the Prestiges. The three Prestiges. <laughs> this is our episode on the Prestige. Hi, my name is Jackson McMurray. And my name is Natalie McMurray. Or is it? Oh, well, I don't think. Well, yeah, I guess. I'm Nikola Tesla. <laughs> and there's no. Did I say and no nerds allowed? No nerds allowed. Well, no nerds is all. Or am I Thomas Edison? Or is he? It's, or is he? <laughs> you don't know. See, Thomas Edison. You can say that about anything in this no, movie. See, Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla, they're actually clones of each Whoa. other. But, and one of them is a normal, cool dude, and the other one likes to kill elephants. <laughs> Guess which one is which? What if the elephant. Part that of Thomas me Edison loved killed? that elephant, but the other part of me wanted to electrocute it to prove a point. What if the, t- the elephant that Thomas Edison killed, what if one of them was a clone, but then there's a uh, real one that survived? The, the elephant falls into a pit of water and drowns, and then up on the balcony, there's another elephant. <laughs> if you haven't watched The Prestige, maybe don't watch this podcast. Yeah, okay, so straight up. <laughs> this is something that I, I need to address, like, right out the gate. Yeah. I don't think there's really any way we can talk about this movie without, like, spoiling it. I mean, we already fucked up, Like, so. Mondo? Well, yeah. not really, because if you don't know the movie, it doesn't really mean guess, anything. Well now, well, now I fucked it up, so. Um, but, like, just... And I... The Prestige is, like, one of my top ten... It is. Like, favorite movies. I love The Prestige. And if you can go into it clean, you should. Yeah. But I'm not going to be mad at you if you choose to just listen to this podcast instead. But my advice is to go watch The Prestige because it's very good. It's yeah. a very good flick. It's like one of those movies where it's like it's cool watching it the second time because you have new information It's now. radical watching it the second time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trip, bro. <laughs> so if you just want to have that viewing of it immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, man, that was so smart. They totally fooled me, and the reveal was so satisfying. Yeah. And the second time you watch it, you're like, oh, no, this movie's perfect like every part of this movie Makes just total sense. fits together like a beautiful puzzle yeah. piece so just to spoil the it are there watching it a second time are there like tells to like which christian bale it is or is it just always i mean you know based on the dialogue you yeah know, well because he he's says, like, like i don't love you today right like so that. you know yeah. he's the one that that doesn't love her yeah um which one gets his fingers blown off uh i guess you i guess it's hard to say i'm sure there is um there's stories about how like basically on the production this is insane yeah um during the production they planned it out so that they filmed all of the stuff where he was one of the brothers first and they took a break for like three weeks and christian bale gained like 10 pounds and then they filmed all the other stuff where he's the other brother so like just barely you can tell like physically, he's just a little bit different. there's like a slight difference in like the way their like sort of jaw is shaped because yeah. there's like a little bit of a difference in weight. That's really interesting. Yeah, 
so like this movie rules <laughs> so like um and my favorite part of this movie is how many fuck fake fuck <laughs> how many fake mustaches there are yeah no a lot of this plot really how many fuck mustaches <laughs> there are there's a lot of the plot that revolves around them fake wearing mustaches. fake facial hair from the victorian era there's no way that fake facial hair was that good back then. Because it's only passable now. <laughs> I think that in the olden times, it, they were just using real people hair. That's fair. It wasn't like, oh, we gotta like make us a detective. Like, nah, this guy, I ripped a mustache off a guy. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just slammed a bird in half like a sandwich. Do you want it? Yeah. I'm gonna turn it into a mustache. Um. So, The Prestige is a movie. We're talking about it this week because Christopher Nolan's on everyone's minds. Is, is at it again. Talking about Tenet and whether or not it's going to come out anytime soon. And whether or not it's worth getting the coronavirus. Right, yes. But we're all very excited for Tenet in a weird sort of awkward guilty way. In a weird sort of we kind of just want to watch movies and it just has to be Tenet. <laughs> right. But um, If it was any other movie we would be just as excited. So. No, 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 no. Adeline, come on. What? People are excited about Tenet. No, Tenet looks are, like it's going to rule. They are excited about Tenet but just like Way more than they would have been if it was normal time. Yeah, Robert Pattinson is going to go backwards a bunch. Uh, John David Washington going backwards. Is that, does everybody go backwards? Elizabeth Debicki going backwards. Did she go forwards? I'm, I think sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> oh, they go backwards. Sometimes they go backwards. Is the thing about Do you Tenet. think it's just like one scene, like going forwards and backwards for like an hour? I don't know, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> I will, I will be. I mean, look, okay, here's the thing about Christopher Nolan. Yes, yeah, so he's a crazy man. <laughs> And he would do that? <laughs> There's always some sort of, like, weird high-concept meta-narrative about That's the structure of his movies. Yeah. So I can almost guarantee as soon as it comes out, people are going to be like, did you know that, like, the story structure of Tenet is actually a palindrome? Yeah, because so everything that backwards. Everything that happens at the beginning also happens at the end, but a little bit different. You can, like, track it backwards I, and I forwards. I bet it's going to be the thing that, like, actually, if you, like, play the movie backwards, it's, like, the same. I, I don't know if that's possible. Well, I don't... Christopher Nolan's <laughs> maybe, gonna maybe. do it. He's gonna figure yeah. it out. All the dialogue, the same. Here's the thing about Christopher Nolan right now. Yes. Is that... Okay, first of all, we should address... The, I mean, you're not really on Twitter much. No. But there's been a big controversy, quote-unquote. Here's what happened. Okay. Uh, they're... Variety or somebody set up one of those things where they're like, we're going to have a celebrity interview another celebrity. How funny. Yeah, and it was Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway were just talking. Yeah. And they've both been in a couple of Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. I've almost said Christian Bale movies, which I guess is also true. They've both been in a couple of Christopher Nolan movies and they were talking about him and they said like, oh, we love working with him. Like he's so cool and it's so exciting to be on his sets because he's always constantly trying these cool, exciting things and it's like this electric energy on set. Yeah. And also... He does this thing where he usually doesn't really like to have chairs on set because he doesn't like people sitting around. Yeah. And people got super mad about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that seems, that makes sense. In the con- even in the context of two people who that affects, just talking about how great it is to work on those sets yeah. and how satisfied they are with those experiences. Yeah. They're like, Christopher Nolan, you should let people sit down on your sets. Why are we supporting Christopher Nolan? <laughs> and then like a whole bunch of like PAs and stuff on Christopher Nolan movies have like spoken up and been like, 
he doesn't really not have chairs on set. He just usually likes it if you're standing up. That's just yeah. the kind of guy he is. And it's like, even if he didn't allow chairs on set, we don't need to make this big of a deal about well, this. Well, Jackson, people are sensitive about chairs. because <laughs> No, because, like, people who work cash registers right. in other countries get to sit down, mm-hmm. and they don't get to sit down in America. Yeah. So, like, chairs is, like, actually it's a weird. Issue. I know. It's a yeah. weird buzz thing. And everybody's, like, hypersensitive about everything right now. God. So you have to be politically correct about yeah. fucking chairs. Yeah. You My chair I mean. said the N-word <laughs> and we're going to make a big deal about it? But like, and I don't know if you really experience this because like I said, you're not really on Twitter much. But well, like, I'm on Twitter. I just, I follow like 30 people max. Right. You're so a very I, cultivated I have a very, experience. I have a very tiny bubble of Twitter. It's like more than, not that I'm like, oh, PC culture. Yeah. But like more than ever, everyone is hyper-focused about everything right now. I, it's, I think that's, in general, I think the fact that we're paying so much attention to things is good because mm-hmm. we can't catch things. But, like, even in the age of, like, people are like, you do research and you gotta research things, people just, like, aren't willing to get other opinions about things. Right, yeah. And, like, just, like, kind of take a step back and relax about some things. <laughs> right. Like, it's, like, I, again, not, like, a PC culture because I think... I, I think some people are douchebags. And it's they just be called you out. To, you gotta pick your battles, man. I mean, that's also true. Like that's just what I think. Like yeah. I think that like some things warrant our attention and our energy more than other things. You yeah. know, you it's can't. Like you're gonna get. Nolan wants you to stand sometimes. It's like that's, that, I mean, like maybe, maybe yeah. if I'm having a bad day, that sucks. But right. Like, that, <laughs> right. Like... Yeah. It's like hey, like being on a film set is an exhausting job, no matter what. Like mm-hmm. it's not really that huge of a thing. It feels like. Yep. Anyway. So that's just me. I'm standing up for Christopher Nolan. I'm a Christopher Nolan apologist. Um, was the my chair said the N word funny enough to keep it to the podcast? No, that's pretty good. I like that. Um, but okay. Also, Christopher Nolan in the Prestige around yes. the time of the Prestige. Yes, is like in the middle of the most insane run of movies like ever you're burping because of the LaCroix just so you know you're drinking Dr. Pepper so shut your goddamn have mouth I, have I burped yet yes when a second ago when pull it up or did you <laughs> or did my clone <laughs> you I don't know how can he not know <laughs> anyway <laughs> you should have said you don't know and then That's I would have been like how could you not because of the movie because remember? when he when he says that um if you haven't seen the movie this is nonsense yeah yeah um, it, it might also be if you have but that's <laughs> no that's it horrible. makes sense um but like and i mean you could point out a lot of other great ones but like christopher nolan has batman begins and then the prestige and then the dark knight and then inception yeah. each like a year and a half apart yeah, yeah, yeah. like that is the most insane blockbuster output like i can even think of like the other ones that come to mind are like the Cohen brothers doing Fargo, Big Lebowski, and Oh Brother Where Art Thou right back to back. Yeah. Or like Tim Burton going for Beetlejuice, Batman, uh, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood. Yeah. You know, which is another person making awesome movies in between yeah. Batman movies. Not to stop and talk about Tim Burton like we do all the time. Right. Podcast, but have you seen Ed Wood yet? No, I still haven't. Because I always, I got, I got, when I went through my Tim Burton phase, I bought some books. One of them was like a biography. Well, it was a, it was a quote unquote biography where people had just taken a collection of all the times so that he's like talking about right. himself in interviews. Burton like, on Burton. Yeah, exactly. That's Burton on Burton action. Burton. <laughs> no. Uh, but then, 
Uh, I also just had like a book that was just like about his discography and all that stuff. Yeah. Not discography. Discography. Because <laughs> you know he's got an EP for of ninety nine. I love wait, Tim Burton. Got a soundcloud. Wait, wait. What's his What's his soundcloud reference? Uh, Tim Burton. Just, uh, well, I think it would be Ed Wood. Anyway, Ed Wood. Yeah. But it's just like that book. That book that just talks about all the movies he makes, like talks about that movie, because like it was not. It's not a super popular movie, is it? No. Because I. What the I mean, it got like some awards buzz at the time, and it yeah. was kind of. The but now that, it's kind of a cult classic. The way that the book talks about it is like people didn't like this movie because they thought it was bad. And right. It's like Tim Burton kind of intentionally made it bad because well, he's talking about Ed Wood, who was kind of the quote-unquote B-list horror right. director. Well, it was one of those movies that got, like, great reviews, but it, like, totally bombed. Mm-hmm. Like, it was never, like, a critical failure. It was just, like, a stodgy drama in black and white that people yeah. didn't really want to see. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Know? That's really fair. It's like, no, check it out. Okay, here's this movie. <laughs> it's about this guy who makes really shitty movies, and um, there's no special effects, and it's in black and white. <laughs> and you're like... Okay, pass. <laughs> so me and my seven-year-old are going to go see Finding Nemo. Yeah. I hope that's okay with <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> it was like 1999. They're like, okay, well, Fight Club's in theaters. So. <laughs> you want to see Ed Wood or Fight Club? I want to see what Came Ed out Wood. that year. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what Ed Wood opened against. So all said and done, uh, worldwide box office, it made $5 million, <laughs> which is... Pretty rough. I mean, it was probably an inexpensive movie to make. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But still, though, like, $5 million is Just a... Just to hear that number. <laughs> is a real rough number. How much did it cost to make? Oh, like a million. Oh, what is it? Five million? Let's see. Mm. Uh, production budget, $18 million. Oh, whoops. No, yeah, even the smallest movies are, like, hella expensive yeah. to make. It's one of those things, especially when you've gone through a producing class, you realize, like, oh, uh, every- fuck. Everything's expensive. Like, everything's expensive, and you gotta, like, pay people, like, a decent wage, like, yeah. all the time. And they're sitting all the <laughs> time. <laughs> and you're paying them, and they're just sitting there? Anyway, God. Um, uh, okay, so it came out September 30th. So time cop, time cop, time cop. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm gonna go see, I'm gonna go see Forrest Gump instead. <laughs> if you <don't> mind. Oops, <laughs> Forrest Gump. Oopsie poopsie. Uh, eat, drink, man, woman. Clear and present danger. The next Karate Kid. Oh my God. Natural born killers. True lies. The Shawshank Redemption. Jurassic Park. Oh my God. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, I'm gonna go see Jurassic Park again if yeah. you don't mind. Wait, Tim. was that like opening Jurassic Park or it was just like playing? No, that was just also playing. Okay, gotcha. It's number nineteen at the box office, but Ed Wood was number twenty three at the box office, <laughs> right underneath the Flintstones. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> it, on its uh, opening weekend, it got outgrossed by the Flintstones. Ooh. In it it. In his 18th week in theaters. Wow. <laughs> the 18th week the, of the Flintstones. Ooh. That's a, that's, that That's hurts. a tricky one. That hurts. <laughs> that's so good. No, I've been saying that I want to do some kind of double feature for um, Ed Wood and Mars Attacks. Yeah. Because those are totally like, like sister films. Yeah. I don't know if I want to, like, maybe, like, stream them or do, like, a doubleheader podcast episode or, like, maybe yeah. just two podcast episodes two in a podcasts. row. I mean, if I don't you want to go through his discography, I think that would be interesting. No, I don't want to, like, do a whole series on Tim Burton. I just am interested in those two movies because I haven't seen them. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Tim Burton. Uh, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Christopher Burton. Um, But, yeah, it's just, like, one of those things that, like, because obviously, like, Christopher Nolan is, like, the 
the closest like modern approximation to like Steven Spielberg. You know, yeah. he just like can't lose, and he's just like been batting a thousand since he was born. <laughs> you My know? favorite part of the Prestige is when the big dinosaur shows up, and the kids are like underneath it, and it's like sticking its head in the car, and they're like up, like pressing the glass up to keep the dinosaur out of the car. Why are you? I don't understand this bit. <laughs> because Steven Spielberg did Jurassic Park. Oh, Clark, that's why. And it's because it's it's funny because they're very different films. That is... And so I was pretending that that happened in The Prestige. I'll give you a 4 out of 10 on okay. that one. Um, my favorite part is when the, <laughs> All you did was the, derail my train of thought. My favorite part is when the T-Rex pulls the lever and gets electrocuted <laughs> and then it falls through the floor and then another dinosaur that's shows better. up on the balcony That's over better. There. That's a 5 out of 10. All right, great. <laughs> I'm glad you interrupted me and derailed my train my of thought for that. My favorite part is at the end of the movie when you see all the cases full of water. And there's just a bunch of dinosaurs <laughs> in all of them. And then what's his face with the beard and the cane comes in and he's like, we could get their DNA out of these wet boxes. <laughs> okay. Um, and then a the little strand of DNA. Stop. Stop. <laughs> We could do a bit about the animated DNA strand I, I from Jurassic Park. He's like, DNA. how could you not know? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a part in this movie where he asks somebody, Hugh Jackman asks Christian Bale a question, and he's like, I don't know, but it's like something he did, so he should know. And Hugh Jackman's like, how could he not know? That's the joke we've been making. But he's like yelling. It's like during the funeral. He's just like, Bruh. yeah. And then, like, later at home, when he reads it in the diary, he's like, I still don't know. He's like, how could you not know? Yeah. And then you find out how he could not know, because he's two guys, actually. Oh, um, Jackson. But, like, and it's sort of this weird thing where it's, like, you know, it's it's a weird pendulum where it's, like, and depending on who you talk to at what time, it's always, like, oh, Christopher Nolan's, like, so overrated. Like, why are we still doing this whole Christopher Nolan thing? Yeah. And also, like, he's the last genuine Hollywood auteur who can make an original screenplay that costs $180 billion. And people will just do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like, no, like, Inception and Tenet both are, like, you don't make movies like that right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, or if you do, they don't cost as much as those movies do. Yeah, they're not as big budget. Like, Christopher Nolan's, like, the only guy in Hollywood who has, like, a blockbuster blank check to just, like, do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, and, like, they always say, Warner Brothers always says that, like, the three guys that we kind of let have carte blanche yeah. on, like, whatever they want to do are Clint Eastwood, Christopher Nolan, and Todd Phillips. <laughs> Wow, his name literally went in my ear, went out the other. Who Clint is Eastwood? Clint Eastwood. That was the weirdest thing in the <laughs> world. I was like, who is that? I just heard his name. It, Clint Eastwood is the oldest man alive. Yeah. And he's still directing movies. They're all about gritty old men, but he's like <laughs> yeah. directing them. No, not always. They're either about gritty old men with dubious morals who are really conflicted and they're like, oh, you shouldn't be friends with me. Yeah. And I'm then, a bad guy. And then they get beat up and you're uncomfortable because it's like an old man. Because it's like Clint Eastwood, he's 95 years yeah, old and he's and like, I've done some things in my life. You're like, okay, the okay. mule. <laughs> if you... I'm sorry you put drugs in your butt. I'm sorry Or that to you. it's about an American hero who got railroaded. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an American hero who they tried to screw over. It's either Sully or Richard Jewell or yeah. Jersey Boys. <laughs> an American hero. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and Clint Eastwood, okay, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before or not, but... I am 22 years old. I'm in the prime of my life, like, physically, <laughs> yeah. right? It's not going to get much better for me than it is right now, physically, unless I work out a lot, or I guess. Or take some drugs or something. But, like, 
it is I've had to like direct a short film in which I had to be the director of a film for like five hours a day for like two and a half days and I've been exhausted it is absolutely brutal trying to make a movie yeah, yeah, yeah. and Clint Eastwood is 90 I want to see exactly how old Clint Eastwood is Eastwood exactly is year. exactly 90 Gregorian years old, and he has a new movie coming out every year for the last five years. Yeah. How could you do that? Is it one of those situations where, like, he's actually in a coma and his wife is doing all this stuff? <laughs> Maybe. Like, what's well, going on? Well, the story, on? famously, he only works six hours a day. Okay, yeah. Which is, like, a step he, in the right direction. he would die. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the thing, part of the reason, his movies are always a little bit more expensive because they take longer to make, you know, because people kind of have to be paid daily and if you're only doing six hours a day, it's like, eh, but it's like, oh, it's directed by Clint Eastwood and it's like a decent movie, so it's gonna make- it's gonna make money, yeah. Well enough. And we don't want this to be the movie that kills Clint Eastwood. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he also, because he directed American Sniper- yeah. Which is one of those movies that made, like, insane amounts of money for just, like, appealing to, like, you know, like, red states, <laughs> you the, know? The silent majority. Yeah, exactly, the silent majority. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, it's just so fascinating. Like, I, I just don't know how he does it. That was a really cool way for you to say that Republicans <laughs> like it. <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> And it's like, I don't know, Clint Eastwood's one of those weird guys where it's like he's kind of been like a Republican his whole life, but... Yeah. And he did that thing where he, like, endorsed Mitt Romney and talked to a chair and everyone laughed at him. But, like, I don't know, he seems, like, chill enough now. Yeah. He seems well, like a regular those, Republican. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like being a Republican has changed so much. Like, over <laughs> right. the years, and over the last, uh, four years that, <laughs> Give or take. Uh, yeah, so it's like... If you're like, I'm a Republican, I swore a bit Romney. Like, I used to, like, first of all, I was eight, so I didn't know that much about politics. But I was like, oh, if you oh, you like Mitt Romney, he's the bad guy. But now I'm like, Mitt Romney's not that bad. Yeah, it turns out Mitt Romney's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> God, I wish Mitt Romney were <laughs> yeah. president. So Clint Eastwood directed The Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Burton, Clint Eastwood, Christopher whatever, Christopher Michael Nolan. Spielberg. Michael Spielberg. <laughs> We're almost half an hour into this episode. Yeah, we haven't yeah, really talked about the movie at all yet. Well, because this was my first time ever watching this movie. So, like, usually when we watch a movie, it's either a movie I'm familiar with or it's a movie I've seen before. So, like, when I'm, t- I'm like, looking at it closer and I, like, can take notes about it. But with this movie, I'd never seen it before. So I didn't have any thoughts to, like, write down because I am so invested in watching the movie because if I look away for a second, I'm right. going to forget. I look away for a second and everybody's got a twin brother. Like, I can't. Um, so, uh, here's the first thing I wrote down. Oh, Are you yeah. ready for this? Mm-hmm. When Hugh Jackman turns out he's not dead. Yeah. That's like the prestige. That's the prestige of the movie. Okay, so a prestige. You take it away. So, a prestige is the third act of magic where the thing comes back. Because you don't clap. <laughs> When right. the thing disappears. Right, that's not the trick. Because you don't expect it, but the prestige. The so prestige what the pre- is when you bring it back. So what the prestige is, is it's the third, it's when you bring the thing back. Right. And that's when you applaud. Yes. That's what the prestige is. Yeah. And that's like what this movie, the movie's structured like a magic trick. Yeah. 
So what the prestige is, is the joke is they tell you what a prestige, <laughs> prestige is, is like seven times. No, they don't tell you that many times. They just talk about it. Well, it's they funny just, that they just like, say the exact same line of dialogue twice, but yeah. then they're just like also always talking about it. Well, the it. thing that makes me laugh about this movie is how, like the word prestige in reference to a magic trick, yeah. like outside of this movie is like the most niche possible piece of vocabulary. Oh, like yeah. nobody on the street knows like what a prestige is oh, in context oh, of magic. Jackson. Everybody Victorian English <laughs> yeah, knows exactly. exactly what the fuck a prestige is. But in this movie they're like They don't know how to read. They know yeah. what a prestige is. In this movie the guy's like on trial and they're like, in order to prove your innocence, we have to have your tricks. And he's like, I'll give you the the reveal or the introduction and the turn, but you can't have the prestige. And they're like, if we don't have the prestige, we can't do it. Like they're all just <laughs> entirely on the same page. This entire court yeah. are like, we gotta have the prestige. It's really, really good. I mean, um, it's just, I listen. I didn't grow up in 1800s England. I, you may, you may have guessed that. <laughs> uh, but I just, I am very confused about the audiences that are going to magic shows. Like when they're in the big like theater and it's like all the like ri- like all not the rich people but like the people with money or right. like going to see shows like that makes sense like that's what i think of when i think of like uh houdini and like stuff of that like that's like the image that i have right but when he's just like at the cd bar doing magic like for me that just like does it like what it it it, it feels like the peewee's big adventure scene where he starts like dancing in the in the motorcycle <laughs> right. bar like it's like this I is a know. thing for I, I guess it's just my modern perception of magic yeah it's like this is like a showy fun thing. Why are right. you doing this at a biker bar? <laughs> right. I don't know. People need to be entertained. I guess. Um, I love, there's this bit, it's not really supposed to be a joke, but like there's this bit in it where it's like consistently every time Christian Bale's like in a funk, they cut to him like performing somewhere doing the like rings yeah. that like, he's like, oh, two different rings, clink, clink, oh, they can't go through, and then, chapow, now they're connected, what's up with that? And, like, every time the audiences are like, fuck you! Boo! Boo! Fuck rings! And then he, like, is like, alright, who wants to shoot me? And everybody else is like, I want to shoot you! you For the rings! (laughs) For how much that sucked, I want to shoot you over it! This is for those rings, motherfucker! And then then he shoots two of his fingers out. It wasn't about his wife anymore, then it was just about the ring trick. About the rings. Um, okay, so, I want to talk about specifically how this movie, like, perfectly, just the absolute control it has over you as a viewer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... As someone who just watched it for the first time, yes. First of all, Michael Caine straight up tells you, like, to your face what the twist is, like, at the beginning of the second act. Oh, yeah. Like, he does the, he does the transported man, and Hugh Jackman's like, how does he do it? I don't know how he does it. Michael Caine's like, oh, it's a double. It has to be a double. And Hugh Jackman's like, it can't be a double. And it's like, it turns out it's a double. double. (laughs) Like, Michael Caine, the smartest guy in the movie, just said it was the double, and you were like, no, of course not. Yeah. He was right, and they just told you, and you didn't want to believe it. Because, at the end of the movie, they say... People don't really want to figure it out. They want to be tricked. And you yeah. want to be tricked. That's yeah. why you don't believe Michael Caine. Well, because, uh, yeah, not Michael Caine. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Hugh Jackman? <laughs> Hugh Jackman. He, there has to be something more for him. Because he's like, I'm the greatest magician ever. Fuck you. 
Like, there's no, if I can't figure it out, if I can't do it the way he does, it has to be something else. It has to be a clone. Right. I should clone myself. <laughs> right, yeah. And everyone else in the world is like, bro, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> and I also, like, I wrote down two different things that you said to me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> because they were, like, perfectly predicting it was going to happen in a movie. Because this movie, like, so expertly, like, telegraphs what's gonna happen yeah. without you really acknowledging that you think that's actually what's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, there was the moment where, um, the, hold on, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find, oh, they're, like, sh- setting up the birds. Yeah. And, like, how the way the trick works is you just have to crush and kill one of the birds and then, yeah. like, procure a new one from your sleeve. Yeah. And you were like, what if we had, like, two twin brothers and we killed one of them, we'd put out the other one. <laughs> Yeah, it was like and you <laughs> fell for it like hook, line, and sinker, and you like thought you thought of that yourself. No, and I then, was making a goof because yeah. I was like, "You really got killed the bird," and I was like, "What if we killed one of the humans?" And I was like, "No," it's like, "Oh, that's what we're that's what yeah. we're doing." I and see. that's the plot of the movie, and it's yeah. like such a perfect setup and payoff that it's like in your head already. Yeah, and you choose not to engage with it because you want to be tricked yeah. secretly uh. deep down. And same thing, it's not as big of a one, but there's the bit where he's doing his own version of the trick with the double, and he, like, falls down and lands on the pillow, and you're like, what if it was like, ow, my legs! Because it's like, obviously, that's what you want to see. Like, the way it's set up is, like, that's your immediate thought. It's like, that seems like a long fall. You could probably get hurt. Yeah. It's, like, setting you specifically up for, like, when that happens, you know? Um, And it, like, it's just got such a perfect grasp on, like, when to show you things at just the right time so that you, like dismiss it or like don't think about it or like aren't looking at the right thing at the right time it's like sleight of hand you know yeah um especially i think about like the twist that christian bale is both of the guys Mm -hmm. that he's also the guy with the mustache and the top hat that you're seeing throughout the whole movie yeah and he walks this like perfect balance of not really letting you get a super good look at him Mm-hmm. without making it seem like you're not getting a super good look at him, you know? Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's drawing attention to itself. It just feels like, oh, I don't know, he's that guy. He's just this guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like a guy that we know, and, like, it's kind of his relationship is just, like, going out and doing things. I mean, I made a joke that he looked like the Babadook, but... <laughs> right. He does look like the <laughs> he Babadook. He does look like the Babadook. But it's like they just... He's just there. They, like, they kind of, They do... Wow, Jesus. They do such a good job of just, like, establishing, like, what that character's function is. Right. That we just accept that function. It's yeah. Like, he's the guy who, he's our, I cannot remember any of these fucking actors' names, and I can't remember other Christian characters. Christian Bale? No, the, that's the Wayne. <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Like, he's his Michael Caine, and it's like, he right, does right. stuff for him, and it's like, great, got it, I'm not gonna ask any more questions. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's what they want you to do. Franklin, stop eating tissues. Stop it's it. my own fault for having tissues yeah, over my room. it's your own fault for having tissues. It's because I put my garbage can over there, and every time I have to blow my nose, I throw them across the room, and they make it into, <laughs> Move your trash <laughs> they can make it into the trash can like 40% of the time. I'm pretty good at throwing tissues into the trash <laughs> not can. Not a brag or anything, but uh, I'm not really good at throwing. But it does go in like 40, 45% of the time. across the room. You know Stuggies? <laughs> what is that? That's when you get the paper towels wet and you oh. throw them against the wall. <laughs> it's not like that, but whatever. <laughs> no, it is. I don't have that much snot. That's what, or, or do you? <laughs> or, or do I? How do you not know? How do you not know? Um, this is, I love this bit. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna do this bit for the rest of my life. And there's so many. Frankly, get your head out from underneath this bit. There's so many little moments where. Um, oh, and another thing that I think is smart is because 
That was not a sentence. Um, <laughs> it's because. Because the nonlinear story doesn't really, like, serve any real thematic function. No. Besides the fact that it's just sort of twisty and turny and keeps you engaged. Yeah. What I, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. What I like, I like seeing, like, the situation where he died, where, like, you see him fall through the floor and you see him drown and you see, like, that you see the trial and you kind of get a little bit of the setup and you see him go to jail. I like seeing all of that. But the weird time stuff inside of the flashback just kind of, right. like, at the end it all lines up and you understand what happened. But, like, because, like, He's reading his diary in the present, but he's also reading the diary in the future. And at the very beginning, when I couldn't quite tell them apart yet, I was right. just really confused. <laughs> right. Well, because here's what I think it does. First mm-hmm. of all, it restructures it so it is structured like a magic trick. Yeah. Obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but also, I think what's so smart about it is it sort of forces you to really pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And because Christian Bale opens the movie being like, are you watching closely? Because you got to watch closely. It forces you to or watch closely. Or as I heard it, Shurnersmursky. He says, are you watching closely? Shurnersmursky. And, and because you're thinking so hard about it, making sure you've got the timeline straight, fitting all the pieces together, yeah. it makes you pay that much more extra attention to the details so that it all pays off that much more harder when you like find out the twist at the end. Yeah. And like because it's all fractured and out of order, it just forces you... It's like it's going so far out of its way to give you every opportunity to figure it out on yourself. Mm-hmm. And then it proves to you that deep down you weren't really trying to figure it out. Yeah, you, you were wanted... just watching a movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's so cool. And it's cool that, like, especially with the Christian Bale twist, Yeah, it's, like, really obtuse for, like, the whole first half of the movie. There's, like, basically no way you could really figure it out. Yeah. Unless you were, like, on some galaxy brain shit. <laughs> but... Because the obvious thing would be like, oh, he's got, like, split personalities. He's, like, a fight club. He's, like, yeah. two people. He keeps he keeps beating up random people in parking lots just to feel <laughs> something. Um, but, uh, like, the further the movie goes along, the times when it starts to, like, tip its hat and be like, oh, uh, why is he talking to the guy in the hat like that? That's kind of a weird thing to say to somebody like that. What's the secret that the wife knows? Yeah, exactly. And you start to, like, maybe figure out, like, oh... And there's, like, a couple of moments where they finally start to really linger on the guy in the hat and let you, like, really get a good look at him. Yeah. And you might see, like, oh, is that Christian Bale? Has that been Christian Bale this whole time? Yeah. And he, like, totally freaks out when he, like, gets buried alive. Right, yeah. Um... And it's like, he's just giving you like little tiny things to be like, now you can kind of piece it together. I'm giving you more clues on purpose. And especially because like, you know, he's giving you opportunities to figure it out. And if yeah. you, if you do, it's really satisfying because then you feel smart. And if you're you like, are on that galaxy bracelet. Yeah. But it's like, I think you could, honestly. Yeah. And like, if you figure it out, it's satisfying because you feel smart that you figured it out and it's like engaging and you're like, yeah. oh, I got it now. But like... But if you don't, it's just that same thing. It's like, you don't really want to figure it out. Yeah. Like, you want to be fooled, you know? Yeah. It's like proving its own... It's like Jesus. putting its money yeah. where its mouth is. It's yeah. just like, check it out. You didn't. You didn't figure it out. <laughs> yes. You could have. I gave you all the clues, Mr. Police. <laughs> and you didn't. You could have saved her. <laughs> yeah. But now her head's inside a snowman. Yeah. Over there on the balcony <laughs> when the other one jumped through the floor. And how could she not know? That's what the water is. It's yeah. a snowman. It's a snowman. That I, this is my favorite movie. <laughs> this movie rules. Do we have to watch The Snowman at some point? <laughs> Maybe. I just like saying I gave you all the clues without any context. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of all my, like, big picture. Yeah. I mean, in order to tell a story about magicians, it does kind of have to be a period piece because they're not as much of, like, a marvel, like, in our society anymore. Right, yeah. Like, how much, like, the Victorian era, especially in in London, was just, like, oh, man, look at, like, this weird, bizarro, like, kind of, like, spooky shit. That's our whole fucking jam. We're not allowed to have sex, and we love ghosts. It's Victorian (laughs) England. And it's, like, all right. Like, that's right up there. So it kind of has to be a period piece. But, like, the fact that it is is just, like, another layer. It's just really cool. Like, the costumes are cool. I like that we're in the past. Like, it's cool. Yeah, and that's the thing about this movie versus Now You See Me. Yeah. (laughs) The other most prominent magic movie. Yeah. Because in Now You See Me, like, you couldn't do, like, disappearing bird stuff or, like, real sleight of hand. Because people would kind of be like, would that really work for modern audiences? Like, we've kind of seen that, you know? Yeah. So they've got to be like, check it out. My name's Jesse Eisenberg. Is this your card? And then the card, like, rains down from the ceiling. And, like, there's money everywhere. And you're like, that's not, like, a a real magic trick. You just made that up. You just did. You just... You told me you were going to do something, then you did something else that wasn't... <laughs> right. But it's like, it's... But it's not based on any, like, real sleight of hand or, like, actual illusion a person could do. Yeah. It's like, ba- they just basically have magic powers in that yeah. movie. And they don't even try to explain, like, how they did the trick. It's just like, and I'm out of these handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, like, it, oh, I did it. And you're just it's supposed how, to, like, trust that they're great at magic. Yeah, is How You See Me bad, maybe? I don't know. I haven't seen it since I, just I was... I said How You, <laughs> how see, you me. see Me. <laughs> and you know what? I was talking about the other... On our Kung Fu Panda 2 episode about how sequel names are all stupid these days. Yeah. Now You See Me 2. Not Now You Don't. Is it... Is it T-O-O? No. It's just Now You See Me the number two. two. Wow. It's the worst. Yeah, they... Why you say name it now you don't <laughs> it's like a- it's stupid by itself but when the first one's now you see me like that makes i would i would be okay with it and now they're apparently making a third one and it's called now you see me now you see now you three, three me, me. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you, you three me, three me. Uh, i really like now you three me <laughs> um because i'm and sure then it's the because one, now you four me <laughs> now- <laughs> Now, now you three you. me four. <laughs> now you three me two. <laughs> now you four me. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I'm sure they're doing a third. Now you see me. Yeah. Because the Zombie Land sequel did pretty well. Oh, uh, were there gonna be zombies? And now you see me. Three? Well, no, because I don't know. At least to me, it's the same vibe. Yeah. First of all, it's Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. So like that's something. Jesse but also, Eisenberg. it's like sort of a mid-budget like comedy action sort of genre movie that's based on original screenplay. Yeah. And I'm sure they were like, I don't know if people really want like that kind of sequel right now. And then they were like, Zombieland 2. And like, it did okay. Yeah. And they were like, okay, now you see me three. Now you three me. Now you three me, Let's get, maybe they'll three us. (laughs) No, it's not. Maybe Austin Powers is in this one. Yeah, maybe. I'll go three that. (laughs) 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 <laughs> three or I hardly like, know her. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the joke. That's one of those things where it's like, I spend like two seconds furiously trying to come up with another joke. And then if I come up empty, I'm just like, 
So anyway. Yeah, okay, anyway. The economy. <laughs> I could say I was trying to think maybe there was some other way I could put three in there. Well, just how would or, Austin Powers say or, it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Now you see me, baby. Now three. you three me. Threesome? Austin Powers? You like sex? <laughs> That's something. Anyway, um, but I think that, speaking of the differences between Now You See Me and this movie. Yeah. One of the reasons this movie works so well is because not only is it this, like, insane, crazy story with, like, just, just like, galaxy brain screenplay. Yeah. It's also, like, a period piece with, like, incredible production design. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the world feels so realized and, like, tactile and authentic. Yeah. And they're constantly coming up with these, like weird mechanical apparatuses to do these illusions. Yeah. Like that I'm always afraid is gonna break somebody's spine because <laughs> right. it's a Victorian era. And I don't know if that's supposed to be a part of it, but it was yeah. definitely a part of it for me. And like because there's this sequence where he has this illusion where he's got like a dove in a box, like a cage. Yeah. And like he's got this like spring loaded apparatus like on this on his back, like going through his sleeves. So the cage just like instantaneously like folds up and like whips into his sleeve. And like yanks the bird yeah. <laughs> by a by a rope attached to its foot into his sleeve so he can let it go again. What if that's how Christian Bale did it? <laughs> <laughs> um but it's like it's just this cool There's this sequence where <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but there's this bit where it's like you see this weird thing with like gears and springs on it on its back, and you can see Michael Caine like grab this big lever and like insert it into its spot and like really pull down like in the springs creak and click into place like yeah. you can feel like the tension in it and i get five nights at freddy's vibes yeah and then uh but like so when it does like snap and like break that woman's fingers you yeah. buy it because yeah. you see how much I'm like ready for a spine to yeah shatter. exactly you can see like all the yeah. tension and power in this weird machine like, honestly like how the, this movie uses like the birds is like just it's just masterfully done because it's like Obviously, there's a parallel between the birds and Christian Bale and how he does it, like, obviously. Or Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Both of them. Both of them are birds. But. <laughs> I mean, kind of at the end, because then yeah. one of them dies, and then yeah, 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 he no. says Abracadabra. Yeah. <laughs> that part's good. <laughs> he says Abracadabra, then he fucking dies. He dies, yeah. <laughs> but he knows that the other one's going to show gonna up later, alive. and no one yeah. is ever going to know how he did it. No one will ever find out how he survived. Yeah. Which is what. Which is what. God, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> what is wrong with Which is me? what Hugh Jackman wanted, wanted to, do, to do, but he had to kill himself 40 times over to do it. Yeah. Well, they do have a bit... I will get back to the thing that I'm saying about the birds in a second. Mm -hmm. But they have, like, a throwaway line where Christian Bale is like, why is it 100 times? Why does it have to be 100 shows? And they never get back to that. That's I, right. I guess he just wanted to have 100 dead clones. <laughs> no, he doesn't do it. At, oh, wait, maybe he they does. They plan to do it 100 times. Right. I don't think he does it 100 times. I no. think... It's, he does it, like, on stage the first time, so, like, everybody shows up. Yeah. I think the plan is, because he wants to frame Christian Bale. Yes. So, I think the plan is, he does it the first night, Christian Bale hears about it, it's like, I gotta see this. Yeah. And then, like, sets him up so that but he Jackson, would be there. There's, like, 40 dead guys in the, in the tubs. I guess, yeah, maybe. So, I don't think he did it 100 times. I think the 100 was just to get Christian Bale angry enough to <laughs> maybe. go. Maybe. Just make just, it feel weirdly specific. But just, like, 100 water clones. It's just yeah. funny to me. Anyway, with the birds. It's that <laughs> the first time we see that trick, 
we see how you do it that you gotta smush the bird and then you have another bird right and then so then when we see them do the trick later with that apparatus where they figure out a way to do it without squishing the bird i'm like oh that bird's gonna get squished (laughs) i don't know how yet but they're gonna kill that fucking bird somehow right and then when they do it and the trick goes wrong and the bird gets squished i'm like I knew yeah. that bird was going to get It's like, squished. you can't, you can't figure it out. You can't outthink it. Like, yeah. you gotta squish a bird. Like, no yeah. two ways about it, a bird's going to get squished. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to step on a bird and it's going <laughs> to get squished. And that is, like, the lesson that Hugh Jackman takes away. He's like, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to squish my bird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the bird. BRB. I'm the bird who's got to get squished. Like, sorry about it, me. Yeah. Um, and, like, in this whole movie... And, like, if you haven't seen it, you're still listening. What's wrong with you? Which you definitely aren't. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the whole movie's about these two magicians who are constantly trying to, like, one-up each other and best each other. Yeah. And, like, the inciting incident is Christian Bale making a mistake, or did he? And Hugh Jackman's wife dies in a magic trick. She drowns in a tank. Well, either way, it's not intentional because they, like, share that nod where she's like, yeah, try the other thing. And then, like, whether or not he tries it and she fucking drowns. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, that's, it's fun that they never actually tell you what knot he used. Yeah, you see him switch knots, but you don't know which knot is which. Yeah, you could kind of read it either way. Like, he tried to do the hard one and she was like... And he was like, oh, okay, I'll do the other one. Yeah. <laughs> or he did the regular one and she was like, no, fucking do it. Let's I got this. It. And then yeah. he does the harder one. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's something about it that's so, because. Yeah. Well, I just think it's key that it's not murder. It's right. manslaughter. But even still. Right. He's like, oh, I'm going to spend the rest of my life fucking up your life, Hugh Jackman, because you killed, not Hugh Jackman, fuck. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I'm going to spend the rest of my life ruining your life, Christian Bale, because you killed my wife. But he didn't kill his wife. Like, in either scenario, he did not intentionally kill his wife. (laughs) Right. God, this movie's so good. (laughs) This is the best movie anyone's ever made. And, like, this is... This is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Um, And I feel like that's sort of one of those things where it's, like, the classic, like, contrarian take. Like, um, actually, The Prestige is kind of of Christopher Nolan's best movie. Mm. It's like, fuck off. It is, though. It is, though. (laughs) Um, It is. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, Inception's great, but it's not, like, one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Dark Knight is great, and it kind of is, but I don't... I like the prestige better. Yeah. And, like, Memento's... Same thing. Memento's also great, but I don't like it as much as I like the prestige. Yeah. Um, I watched the end of Memento with you, so... (laughs) That's not the right way to watch Memento. (laughs) Well, I just, like... I, like, woke up, and you were, like, watching Memento, so I just, like, sat down for a minute, but it was at the end of the movie, and he's, right. like, got a photograph, he, like, shoots somebody, it's like, man, I wonder what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that's Christopher Nolan's whole thing, it's, like, he's always, like, playing with structure and time. Yeah, yeah, Because Memento, the, the guy has amnesia. Yeah. So the way that he illustrates that through the film is that all the scenes take place in reverse order mm-hmm. so that you always weirdly you always know the future but you never know what happened before this scene. so yeah. you kind of mimic his 
experience. Yeah. Like, you also don't know how he got there or what's happening. Yeah. And as you move backwards, you let the new things inform the things you already saw instead of the other yeah. way around. Which is super cool and smart and interesting. Yeah. We could cut this out of the podcast, but the McElroy brothers always make a joke that you got memento disease. <laughs> so I always thought that he had a disease that made him lose <laughs> his memory instead of just having amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> or he had a disease that made him go backwards in time. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, McElroy brothers. I now don't know what happens in memento. <laughs> um, and then I haven't seen, what's the other one called? Insomniac. The one with Robin Williams and Al Pacino. Yeah. That kind of... Does Robin Williams go backwards in it? I don't know. It's one of those movies that, like, it's like Christopher Nolan's other movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, a bad movie, but, like, it wasn't a big deal and nobody really saw it and it kind of doesn't... It came out the same weekend as Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. It just kind of doesn't exist, you know? Um, but then, like, Batman Begins is pretty good. I like it. Yeah. And then Prestige. You, you know, the Batman movies don't really have any weird time stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like the Batman movies, like, of course they're good, but, like, I don't know. It's weird to say those are your favorite movies, because, like, everybody knows the Batman movies are good, <laughs> right. you know? Like, Have you seen Dark Knight lately, though? Not not in a hot minute. Because the Dark Knight is one of those movies that I'm constantly... I have, like, reverse solo disease when it comes yeah. to Dark Knight. I'm always like, is Dark Knight really that good? Like, it's this whole thing, and, like, it's got... I can't... And, like, Heath Ledger died, and that kind of, like, informs the way I watch his performance. Yeah. And, like, is it really as good as I think it is? And then I watch it again, and I'm like, fuck, this it's movie really rules. This movie yeah. is really that good. I mean, I do the same thing, but just, like, just about Heath Ledger's performance. I'm always right, like, yeah. like I, of course it's good, because it's Heath Ledger. Like, it's a good performance. I watch it, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is, like, the best. Yeah, this is, like, the best shit ever. This is, like, the ever. best acting ever. <laughs> like, Wow. But and yeah, every time. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the prestige. But yeah, and then like Christopher Nolan gets so weird because the prestige is like weird and out of order, but it's just like sort of a regular, non-linear yeah. thing. There's not like a concept behind it. Yeah. Um, but then you get uh his first really, I mean, uh, Are Memento you going backwards right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Memento is really really weird, but then Inception has that thing where it's like, oh, we've got th like four different time. Lines. zones yeah <laughs> where it's like this is happening in real time this one's extra slow this one's extra slower and this one's the slowest so you have to like like cut back in between all these four different things acknowledging that they're happening in a different speed yeah. sort of like for every 10 minutes that passes in one an hour passes in the other 10 hours passes yeah, in the previous like the one levels yeah games, and so you have to like to keep track of the timeline that. it's so cool and then Dunkirk, he does almost the same thing, which is, like, not a weird high-concept sci-fi thing. It's just, like, here's a movie about World War II. Here's the setup, okay? Here's a boat. It says, uh, like, one hour before the attack. And yeah. they're like, check it out. Here's some soldiers on the beach. It's, like, ten minutes before the attack. Here's a guy in the plane one minute before the attack. Yeah. And those, like, timelines are cutting back and forth between each other. On, like, weird Inception rules. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's just a movie about a beach in World, World War II. <laughs> yeah. And then now it's Tenet where everything's gonna go backwards and it's gonna be a palindrome. I just, I don't know, I'm so into it. Like, yeah. I know it's not, like, super cool to be like, I really like Christopher Nolan, but, like, yeah. I really like Christopher <laughs> but, Nolan. like, I do. Um. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, now Tenet's gonna be a palindrome and I'm I, gonna eat that shit up. I always like it when you have to 
end an opinion with shut up like that's just that's how i know you genuinely think <laughs> that opinion yeah because you know right you know what i'm going to say in response to it yeah so you're just like shut up <laughs> and like a lot of people say that like christopher nolan has sort of a like boring visual style which i think is like a valid complaint because it's very distinct and it's very gray and it's yeah. very square and it's very people in gray suits, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I don't know. That's just the vibe. You gotta I buy love into people it. People in gray suits. You gotta buy into the vibe. If you can't buy into the vibe, like what are you doing here? Yeah. It's the same thing with Zack Snyder. It's like, yeah, obviously you probably don't like this weird, crazy shit that looks like a bad comic book. Obviously but like, we're going bad shit, so just get on <laughs> like, board just, or get off. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you just gotta accept like you, it. You can't watch a Zack Snyder film and be like, man, I feel like the aesthetic was too heavy. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was. We all know it was. It's like Rorschach is falling out the window and the buttons in the foreground. You can see the street and the glass and he's like flailing and clawing at the air you're like yeah that's it that's what this is you I gotta make your peace with that <laughs> it's like yeah it was too much <laughs> um or like michael bay too like it's all the same yeah. like you just you gotta accept these things on their own terms you know yeah. otherwise you're never going to enjoy anything i mean it's we talk about this all the time where it's like uh, what is it called i can't think today i don't know what it is i like woke up early today because i had to take care of a dog and so my brain is wrong right which it should be the opposite <laughs> but that's not how it'd be uh what is it like uh, when you suspend suspension of disbelief where it's like people take that as like understanding that it's not reality but i always kind of think it's like you have to buy into a different reality like right, you can't right. just be like this isn't reality it's like no this is the reality right now like just for an hour this is the reality right, like right. i need you to check in instead of like not checking out like <laughs> right, those are yeah. two very different things totally. i think it totally changes your experience so uh now that i've seen this movie i think four times yep, yep, yep. uh i want to point out the things that i don't like about it yes. these are these are my criticisms of the prestige yeah a lot of the story revolves around people being brought up to be volunteers for the audience at very opportune times yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> granted yeah. <laughs> um there's the whole bit where... There's a lot of fake mustaches, <laughs> a lot of and fake a lot mustaches. of them are very vital to the plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the time... Because cause with the volunteers, there's like three different times, right? Yeah. When he shoots Christian Bale, which I guess, granted, maybe he had to go a handful of times, because it not, it's not like it had to happen at a particular time. Yeah, and that's maybe, just the time we see. Maybe he went to the show 15 times, and on the 15th time, he finally got called up. Yeah. The movie doesn't say that, but you could you could read that if you chose you to. You could cover Christopher Nolan's ass. <laughs> right. Not with a chair. But <laughs> um, and then the second time is when Christian Bale comes up and ruins the bird. But that's like on the first night. Yeah. It's like grand opening. Like he was really counting on being called up the first time out on that one. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. I guess you could also say it didn't need to be opening night. It's just coincidental that it is. Yeah. Because if he had still done that, like, well, three days later, it wouldn't have made much of a difference, right? Yeah, well, that's what tipped me off that uh, Scarlett Johansson was, like, a double agent, kind of. But that's before that whole thing. So right, yeah. So. And then also, at the end, I mean, I guess we talked about it at the end, too. It's like, yeah. how many times did he actually do this before Christian Bale came up? And, yeah. how did, and how did Hugh Jackman know 
that he definitely was. I guess maybe he spotted yeah. him when he came and looked. So that was the night he knew not to come back out again. I mean, but it's just like an absolute like trust that you know his mind as much as you think that you do to know right. that he's going to burst his way backstage to figure out what's going on. <laughs> right, yeah. Also. I like the detail of all the blind stage crew, though. That's fun. What an, what an asshole thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And freaking Michael Caine's just like, oh, that's smart. Cool. I like that. It's like, no. wow. I thought you were like the cool dude, <laughs> Michael, Michael Caine. He's complicit. Yeah. Um, um, and, okay, but on the note of Scarlett Johansson, yeah. Scarlett Johansson, kind of bad in this movie. I mean... <laughs> not the best. I just don't... She's not working on the same... No, definitely, ...wavelength definitely as not. everybody else. She, she doesn't really fit in. She's not acting as much as everybody else. Yeah, that's like, true. Because I don't think her character is... Not, not to say something really mean about Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> but, like, I don't think this character is, like, that removed from her... Like, it's just, like, a pretty woman who works in acting and, like, is, like, with a... Like, it's just... It's, yeah. it's not that extravagant of a character, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Versus a man who's pretending to be his twin in order to <laughs> ruin the life of his enemy. It's just, right. like, I like this man and I don't yeah. like him anymore, so I'm gonna go over to the... Like, it just seems like a very normal Yeah, she's kind of naturalistic and her accent's kind of bad. Yeah. And, like, the way that she, like, plays off... Because everybody else, in terms of, like, just how big they are... Yeah. Is that, like, a six or a seven in this yeah. movie? Well, it's her... not like, you know, it's not yeah. like a Paul Verhoeven movie. But it's, like, you know, it's fairly elevated. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson's at, like, a four. Yeah. Who plays uh, Christian Bale's wife? Uh, Rebecca Hall. Yeah, she does really good. She's in great movie. in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I really yeah. like this performance. Because she's also being naturalistic. But she's being naturalistic in a natural way. <laughs> right, but in a way that feels like it matches yeah. the world around her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a long time where I was like, is Scarlett Johansson just, like, not that good ever? Because, like, all I really knew her from was, like, The Prestige and, like, all the Marvel movies, which which she's, like, serviceable in. Yeah. I think she's rarely, like, ever very good, you know? She I mean, never, she's like, stands out. She's great in uh, like she's got like real character conflict. right yeah and I was gonna say that was even but that, I feel like that's just how they write Black Widow right. though and much less her acting but yeah and then I saw Jojo Rabbit and she sucks in Jojo Rabbit oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh man but then just coincidentally I watched Marriage Story and Lost in Translation like within like a week of each other yeah. and I was like oh fuck those are like two of the best performances ever oh, yeah. <laughs> like okay I get it now like I, I kind of get the Scarlett Johansson thing now. oh you can act yeah like <clears throat> not to just like you know talk shit on Scarlett Johansson but yeah. like and I don't know also she just sucks as a person it seems yeah, she like does but, some shitty things sometimes. Um, she just seems like the kind of person who doesn't pay close enough attention and then just doesn't know to shut yeah. up when she well, it's doesn't like, know it's just like the privilege of like not having to learn so yeah she never exactly did, and then now she's like oh well I never did anything wrong Wrong. Yeah, and it's like, well, you did do something wrong. You're just pretending. You did. <laughs> yeah, well, she's just like not keyed into like the cultural conversation enough to be like, I should not take this Asian role. Yeah, and then when she does, she's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't really think there was anything wrong with it. Like, totally oblivious to yeah. the fact that like, yeah. the reasons why this is bad. <laughs> not to bring up an argument from like 2015 or whatever. Right. But like the whole thing, it's like, well, why aren't we mad at the casting directors or everyone else that was complicit in this decision? It's right. like you are right. But you are also right to be mad at her yeah. because she still could have said no. That's the whole thing right. from like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And they did the same thing because they tried to cast her as a transgender man in something. Yeah. And she was just like, I don't get it. What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, this is the problem. And she was like, I don't know what you guys are saying. It's just I'm acting. I'm acting. It's like just a lack of like listening and a lack of awareness and yeah. a lack of. At least she didn't do that. Did yeah. she do that? She didn't do that. I don't that. think she. I don't remember if she pulled out personally or, or if, if someone was like, we can't. Yeah, we someone do. else. We, we shouldn't cast her. <laughs> yeah. This. 
Um, anyway, that has been Scarlett Johansson watch. <laughs> Um, Scarwatch. Anyway, anyway, the, the prestige. prestige. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say that I didn't like, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, uh, do you notice how often we like say things in unison? Do you notice that as much as I do? <laughs> well, it's just—it's on purpose usually because well, no, I can like, see it coming. Well, yeah, where I will like finish a sentence, but you will be saying the sentence quieter as I say it, like right. under your breath, because you know I'm gonna say it, right, but yeah. you also want to say it. <laughs> Or, like, when someone's, like, gearing up for a big joke, and we're like, and how could you not know? <laughs> um, but the other thing, the whole, like, involvement of Tesla, like, that kind of, it's not, it doesn't, like, not make sense. It's just kind of weird. It because kinda... it's, like, a weird red herring that Christian Bale sets up, where he, like, feeds him the name Tesla to, like, make him go off on this wild goose chase, but then... It turns out that Tesla actually is like a huge it instigator of the is plot. That, it's actually a thing. But it's but it's not actually what Christian Bale was doing. Yeah. So it's like this weird thing where it feels kind of arbitrary and like weirdly coincidental, but it's also yeah. like it could make sense cuz he was around and you saw them see it. So it's yeah. like it makes sense that he would use that as a red herring, I guess. Yeah. It just doesn't feel quite as tight as everything yeah. else. Yeah, and I mean, it's fun that it's Nikola Tesla, but also could just be, like, a wizard. Yeah, I was gonna would say, like, yeah. would it be better if it were just, like, my name's Saul... Grundy. My name's Solomon Grundy. <laughs> I'm a scientist, and I invented a cloning machine. Like, would that be better? Like, is it weird that it is Nikola Tesla? It is a little weird, just because... It feel Like, listen, Nikola Tesla, in terms of history, really got the short end of the stick... And I'm not sure if saying that he invented a cloning machine fixes that in any way. <laughs> right. <laughs> and because my whole take on The Greatest Showman yeah. was always, like, P.T. Barnum. Sucks. It's got so much dirt on him. It should be canceled. And it's like, he's, no matter what happens, no matter how you do this movie, people are going to be weirdly uncomfortable about P.T. Barnum. About his abuse of animals and yeah. people with disabilities. And it's like, you can tell this story. You can say, like, a story inspired by P.T. Barnum or whatever. Just, like, change the names. Yeah. Like, my name is Peter Circusman. Yeah. And I'm going to invent the circus. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, nobody would have a problem. I'm going to extort all of these animals and people with nowhere mm-hmm. else to go. But, like, I think... But weirdly, like, the way that story plays out, where it's like, oh, he finds these freaks and he gives them a family and they're all the better for it. But the main cast is all conventionally attractive. Look yeah. away. Um, but, like, I think that is gross because it's, like, weirdly rewriting a real thing yeah. that happened in history. If it were just, like, an abstract story about an old-timey guy putting together an unconventional family yeah. of people who don't fit in, yeah. th- it's not perfect, but people wouldn't be mad about yeah, it. Yeah, maybe this is the one good circus. We found <laughs> it. Right, yeah. You can suspend your disbelief that, like, this is a good circus. Yeah. Like, sure, whatever. Zac Efron's there. Yeah. Can't be all bad. Zac- <laughs> God, Zac- I, I hope Zac Efron doesn't do anything <laughs> in, like, the next week. Yeah, I was going to say, between now and this podcast goes up, Zac Efron's going to turn out to be no gonna, bueno. going to murder his clone and show up on a balcony. Um, I'm just thinking about Greatest Showman because... He climbs up a wall. Well, yeah, I'm also, I'm always thinking about when Zac Efron climbs up a wall like Spider-Man in Greatest Showman. Yeah. I don't remember if I've talked about that on the podcast or not, but I can't get it's into it right now. It's just always in the back of your head. Um... But I was just thinking about Greatest Showman because there's so many times where they establish, like, Christian Bale's, like, a really talented magician and he's, like, really smart and can figure out these tricks. 
but he's not like a very good showman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman is a great showman. And I would always, I would look over to Adeline and say, he's the greatest showman. Yep. And I did that about four times. Yeah, about, about four times. Yeah, I think that's the exact number. <laughs> it's a good bit, though. I just <laughs> He's wanted, the greatest showman. I just wanted, at the end of the movie, a moment where twin number one goes over and he shoots... Oh my fucking god, what is Hugh his Jackman, name? Hugh Jackman, the greatest Jackman, showman. The greatest showman, and he shoots him. And I just have a moment of like, dude, I just had a twin, and you fucking cloned yourself? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, also, I just, I wanted that moment, right, and yeah. that's not the like, tone of the movie at yeah. all, but I just wanted that. I was like, just like, d- what? What? I have a twin and you invent the process of cloning yourself with Nikola Tesla? That was a joke. I wrote that on a napkin. And you just did it? You are yelling. I'm I like, know I'm yelling. Um, it's for the, the bit, And I just, we haven't, it's not like, it doesn't like super need to be brought up. I just want to point out the part where they find the Hugh Jackman devil who's, like, a drunk at a bar. Yeah. And there's, like, this really subtle makeup work. He's, like, kind of got a different nose and, like, a less sharp jawline. Yeah. And he just seriously, like... Because Hugh Jackman is playing both parts. Yeah. But it, like, really and truly, like, just looks like a guy who really looks like Hugh Jackman, you know? Yeah. Like, you totally buy him being another guy that exists that could also, like, pass off as Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And then, like, later when they're, like, both in the same outfit and you can still kind of tell them apart, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super cool. And Hugh Jackman's really good because he has to play the regular character and he plays the drunk yeah. guy, like, at the same time in the same scenes. Yeah, it's and really good. There's that one scene where they have the face off and the camera's, like, going crazy, like, circling around him. Yeah. It's okay. It's a good movie. Movie rules, prestige, very really good. good. If it does make me think of, in, in Friends, Phoebe has a twin, <laughs> but they're both played by the same actress, so in every single shot, it's just of the actress's face, and then there's a lady in the wig on the right. other side of the two shot, and yeah. you just have to do that for both the characters. <laughs> it did remind me of that a little bit, but, like, better and good. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it weird how there are two different movies where Hugh Jackman kills his own clone? Yeah. Wait. In Logan? He doesn't kill his own clone. X-23 kills him. No, 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 there's another. No, I forgot Jackman about kills... the other clone. Yeah, no, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. the other Wolverine. Yeah, I forgot about the other Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> forgot about it. I got that spoiled for me because I worked at the movie theater when it came out. Yeah. And I had to, like, clean up in a theater a few times before I actually got to see it. And in the credits have said, like, Hugh Jackman as Logan slash clone Logan. I was like, oh. <laughs> Damn it. You've also got a... An Ant-Man turning into Giant Man spoiler for you from a Pop Funko. <laughs> yeah, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> you were like, oh, new Pop Funko. You looked at the bag and there was Giant, Giant Man. Man. You were like, oh, and fuck. I was like, now I know that he's going to get big in Civil War. <laughs> I was really excited and about then, that. Uh, and then you didn't get big in Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get big in Civil War then. I mean, I got big just then when I saw the Pop Funko. <laughs> but. But I couldn't in the theater as I had theater. hoped. It was ruined. <sighs> Call me Paul Rubens. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> See, and like Paul Rubens, that's a guy, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. It's a guy who shouldn't have gotten canceled. And he yeah. kind of got canceled, but then kind of didn't, and I'm glad of it. Yeah. Because like. That was just a whole weird situation. It was just a weird thing because people couldn't handle it because he was like a kids yeah. entertainment well, guy. people are always, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with people. <laughs> and always wanting to say that there's something like gross going on with children's media. Right, yeah. They're like, oh, it's a metaphor for pedophilia. Or like, oh, that guy is actually a child murderer. And it's like. Yeah. Mr. Rogers was a sniper in Vietnam. It's like, no, it's just fucking Barney, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
nothing's going on. Sorry that you can't handle it. And so when he was like, like, it's gross. Don't get me Yeah, wrong. no, it wasn't but like But it's cool. no different than any other man in the world watching porn and jacking off. Yeah. Like, he just did it in a theater. But it's, it's... a porno theater where you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to do that. Like, where would... He's where he's supposed to, to be. be. Yeah, like, no, he like... went to the sanctioned area <laughs> yeah. to do that. He roped off an area. Like, this is for J&O. And he went over there and he did it. <laughs> and you were like, dude. <laughs> like, what? Well, but that's the thing. Is like that's the stupid dumb thing about porno theaters. Yeah, is that like they're too public. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like first of all they're public. Yeah, and like you're not supposed to jo in there because it is illegal. You can't jo in public no matter what. Yeah, but and like I guess what you're just supposed to do is like watch the porn and then go Remember home. And <laughs> yeah, then go and then home. go home and jo. I guess, but like any other man in America. Could just go and J.O. in a porno theater and nobody make a yeah. big deal out of it. But if you know, go to a porno theater and you're like, is that Pee Wee Herman? Yeah, <laughs> like, I want to know the statistics of how many men in the world at that exact moment were also J.O. <laughs> right. Or I want to know how many other people have been arrested for J.O. in a porno theater. Yeah. Like, I would guess not That's many. That's like getting arrested for jaywalking. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like just one of those things that like we know you're going like to do. It's like getting arrested for breathing. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, I don't know. And it's, and I also think it's part of the whole thing is like, he was in a porno theater. It's like, people have sexual agency. Like, let somebody watch porn or go to a porno theater if they want. Even if you're like, that's, that's gross. I don't like that. It's like, I would agree with you. It is gross and I don't like it. Yeah. But I'm not mad about it. Like, (laughs) yeah. It's like, you can it's still not, be a person, Pee-wee. You're good. Yeah, you're not, you didn't hurt anybody. Like, I'm sure that was hugely embarrassing for you, and I'm sorry that yeah, happened. I'm sorry. That, that's like your mom walking in on you, like, yeah. times a billion. Yeah, except it's the whole world it's everybody else's mom yeah. walking in on you. If I, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird things that we, like, hold different people up to different standards, yeah. and we're always, like... I mean, I guess it was, like, 15 years ago when we weren't really at the forefront about of, like, talking about sex positivity. Yeah. Whatever. I want to see if there's anything else that I wrote down about. Costume's good. Costume's great. Production design, great. The world feels so good. Yeah. I mean, it... When you're doing a period piece, it takes a lot. Like, this movie so well, like, just like, accepts the period piece as, like, reality. Right. Because there's a lot of time when the period piece kind of takes me out of it. Like, it doesn't feel like real life. Like, they be- draw attention to yeah, it. Yeah, like, it doesn't feel like real life because it is a period piece. And I have to be like, oh, this is how they think in the year whatever. And right, it's like, oh, yeah. it's different. But this movie, they just, like, did it so naturalistically. And, like, they never brought attention to the fact that see you're 18, whatever. Yeah. They were like, here's the story. Uh, also, it's England. But, yeah. like, you guessed that because of the way that everybody's dressed <laughs> right, and talking. Right, yeah. For the most part, you can almost buy that, like, it could have happened, like, today. Yeah. It would be a little bit weird because, like, magicians don't really do that yeah, anymore, the same way but... like they do right now. But, like, other than that, there's, like, not really anything, like, really specific about the 1800s about it. Yeah. Um... Oh, and I gotta say, this movie does have a little bit of the Last Jedi thing, where it's like, there's a certain point where it's like, in the moment, it's like drawing out the suspense for a really long time before they do the like, double reveal of like, exactly how Hugh Jackman did it, and exactly what was going on with Christian Bale the whole time. Yeah. And you know it's coming, you're like, building up to it, and he like, really draws that out for like, a really long time when like, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman are, like, talking to each other. They really make yeah. a meal out of it. They eat that. Um, but, like, and it's cool and, like, tense and exciting the first time, but then, like, when you've seen it before, you're kind of like, 
Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's get on with it. You're just waiting for them to tell you. Yeah. You're like, you, you're, you've told me that you're gonna tell me, and now <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to tell me. Right. Um, let's see, what else, what else? Uh, oh, I really like that line where he's like, there's finally that moment where Scarlett Johansson's like grilling Hugh Jackman about something, and she says like, it won't bring your wife back. And he's like, I don't fucking care about my wife anymore. We're past that. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's really good. It's just like this moment where you realize that he's just like heartless and cold now. Like he's yeah. totally been broken by the life he's chosen to live. Yeah, the obsession. Um, and then a big whale shows up and then he has to <laughs> spirit. Yeah, and how could he not know? How could he not know that it was a whale? It's actually a metaphor for obsession. Um... Yeah, it's cool that it's, like, real magic and, like, there's nothing that seems, like, extraordinary. Like, every trick they do, they, like, kind of show you how they do it and you know what's up. Yeah. Except for the rings. Still don't know how he does the rings. didn't tell me how to do the rings. So, in a way, that really is kind of the best trick in the movie because I still don't know how he did it. I know Um, know how to crush a bird. (laughs) I can do that right now. (laughs) Get me a bird. (laughs) Give me a bird. Come on. I can squish it. Um... The scene where Hugh Jackman shows up and shoots Christian Bale is incredible. It's always really good. Um... I like, I like all the corpses in the tanks. Yeah, corpses in the tanks is a good reveal. I like the Radiohead song at the end. You don't like it, but I, you can go fuck goes, yourself. Because he goes like, "That's the prestige," and it's like, <laughs> "Where like, are you?" No, and I'm so sorry. That's not the they song. They sing about algebra. Don't algebra, pretend. It's the algebra. Radiohead song is very good. He's talking about like creating a mathematical clinical solution to a to a deeply emotional problem which is like what this movie is but i would have liked a second it's of of silence so i could like gather my thoughts sorry i just kicked you in the face (laughs) i'm gonna cancel you i think i just kicked my dog in the face live on camera (laughs) sorry franklin are you good you can't hang out under my chair like that you're good you're fine he's chewing on my fingers (laughs) <laughs> not, not in an angry way, though, in a fun way. He just bit my hand off. He's fine. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I talking about before you kicked our dog? The radio, the radio heads yeah, on. Yeah, I just want, I want, I think it would be way more effective and cool if I just had a second of silence to just be like, think about that, idiot. Like, I would have been like, oh, holy shit. I, I guess it had, does. I just gotta sit here on my thoughts. Instead, I'm listening to a radio head song. Yeah. It's like taking a big, complicated problem. And reducing yeah, it to, to a cold algebra. into algebra. Like, reducing it down to a simple problem to be solved. I'm just saying, wait, like, a minute. <laughs> wait, like, give Yo. me one minute of silence, and then you can play all the radio mm. head you want. It's a good song. Matches the tone of the movie. It's it does. It does. I just want to sit there and just, like, have it all wash over you. Be like, <laughs> whoa. The prestige. Uh, oh, we were talking about this while we were watching it, but, like, there's that bit at the end where Hugh Jackman's about to finally do the thing in front of a huge audience where he drowns himself and appears over there. Yeah. And he has this attitude where he's, like, very serious and sad and haunted while he's, like, presenting. He's yeah. like, this thing will most likely kill me. And he's, yeah. like, very, like, intense and, like, somber. And it's yeah. like, how rad would it be if, like, that was your real magician's act? You just got up on stage and you're just like, this thing is a crime against God. And you people have driven me to it. I am here because of, of you. you. Your hubris. <laughs> your desire to be entertained. And now I have killed God. Is it worth it? <laughs> Is it? I've stared in the face of God and I cried and now you will cry. <laughs> I looked into the abyss and it looked back and found me wanting. Anyway, pff, I squished a bird. <laughs> and then he just like... And he appears on the balcony. <laughs> and then he like makes his assistant flow and he puts the ring through it or whatever. Yeah. 
is so funny. And Wouldn't that be he, great? And then he cries. Yeah. And he just collapses like, onto his hands. Look and what you've made me do. What what had what man hath wrought? That'd be so good. My modern Prometheus. Yes. <laughs> and the assistant's just like, oh, jingle jangle. <laughs> I want to do that so bad. <laughs> Straight up, that needs to be a sketch that we film. That'd right, be great. so funny. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, Tina. end of the day. You don't really want to figure it out. You want to be f- fooled. You want to be the fool. It's the prestige. And are you watching closely? You want to stare into the abyss. And you want the abyss to be like, you're an idiot. It doesn't matter that you were watching closely. Because at the end of the day... You're going to die. You're not really trying to... F- That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to appear on the balcony. You're going to you're, die. You're not really trying to figure it out. And Christopher Nolan goes so far out of his way to, like, really be like, here's what's going on. But you cho- you kind of choose like, not to pay attention to it. Or at least choose not to, like, think it through all the way. I know, like, same thing with me. I didn't really. Well, it's because, like, you know the movie's going to tell you. It's like, if you're yeah. going to tell me, I'm not going to... Well, that's the thing. I'm it's fun to be fooled. Yeah. You Subconsciously, you want to be fooled. You don't always want to figure it out. I am the fool. Yeah, you are Bobo the Fool. <laughs> What is that from? I don't know. I'm probably Tumblr. <laughs> that's one of those weird phrases that's like been running through my head the last few weeks, and I don't remember where I heard it. Bobo the f- Dude, clowns are in. I am I'm Bobo the Fool. I'm here for it. I'm going to Google I am Bobo the Fool real quick. I'm, I'm like 90% sure it's a Tumblr post, and when it is, you're going to have to post it on Twitter. I am Bobo the Clown? The Clown? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's one of these old memes. It's one of those, like, Victorian art memes. Oh, yeah. I'm Bobo the Fool. Yeah. Boo-boo the Fool. Not Bobo. Uh. Is this good content? I don't know. Hold on. I'm trying to figure out, like, if there was a joke attached to it at first, or if it's just a weird image that just is kind of funny on its own. Yeah. Can I just say how, like, actually kind of important know your meme yeah no, it's a helpful online resource <laughs> yeah whatever boo boo the fool it, it, it was a meme i was right we're all boo boo the fool <laughs> um because you don't really want to be fool because don't want, you don't really want to be boo boo the fool yeah but you are boo boo the, the fool. fool secretly deep down you kind of want to be boo boo the fool that's what the prestige is about the prestige um okay are we done we're done okay cool we need a review uh so <laughs> Adeline, would you like to hear a one-star review of, of The Prestige? Boo-Boo the Fool, would you like to, would you like to hear one? <laughs> Boo-Boo the Fool, please come on stage. <laughs> That's his nose. Okay. <laughs> this person says, I really wanted to like this movie, but I just couldn't. This film is the definition of pretentious, in my opinion, of course. And the ending is possibly the worst ending to a film, new paragraph, I've ever seen. <laughs> They didn't need to add in the final twist, and the final twist just ruined the movie because you finished it off on the great twist before the other twist. But in conclusion, I hate this film with a passion. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> My name's Jackson McMurray. My name is Helen McMurray. And this is No Nerds Allowed. And there are no nerds allowed. Hawk hawk. Because you're being the fool. As if this movie isn't, like, completely built around the twist. Well, and it's like, nobody told me there was a twist coming. <laughs> and then there was another twist? It's like... I saw the first twist coming! It's like in his mind, it was like, the movie, it's like done, but he was like, what if we had another twist? What if actually it was his brother or whatever? It's like, as if that's not like fully integrated. As if it's not fully integrated into the like, thematic idea of the entire movie.